following is a GNC podcast production. Everybody and welcome back to Geek Addicts, the pop culture podcast. Yeah, I give up. <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> one of these days I'll 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 get it right. Change yeah. it up every time, and I just forget what I'm going to say, and then here we yeah, are. Yeah, it's all good. No worries. Yep, but it's been a, a week since the last time we chatted, and first full week in a while. Anyways, so yeah. And it's been a rough one. Freaking, uh, I think it was like a day or so after we recorded last time, and uh, Francis came down with one of those little like 24, 36 hour colds. Yep. Which was enough on its own to be a force. But then, of course, she passed it on to Cindy and I. And being the old farts that we are, uh, that 24 hour cold lasted all week. Yeah. And we're, we're still feeling the residuals now. So I guess it's my turn to be fighting off the. The leftovers of a cold. Yeah, it's like I there's like a good like span of like twenty episodes of GNC, 3DO, and Geek Addicts where I just have this persistent cough for like yep. about three months. But well, luckily it's and, not so much a cough for me. It's mostly the congestion is what's getting me. Yeah, that's always the worst. Yeah, yeah. I smashed my uh, thumb pretty good today at work. You can oh, see geez. the bruise I got on my nail there. How'd you do that? Um, I was sanding something on the lathe and it somehow slipped in between this little crack on the part that I was making. And it just like sucked in the paper and it just like smashed my thumb as it went down. Jeez. I didn't even feel it when it happened. Like I was like, God damn it. I dropped my sandpaper. So I went down to go pick it up and I looked at my (laughs) thumb and it's just purple. And I'm like, that's not good. It didn't hurt. It didn't hurt at all. That was the weird part. It just kind of happened. Yeah, it's funny when it happens that quick, you don't even notice it at first until you actually see like the the evidence of it after the fact. Well, it's weird as it like heated up and got like really hot like feeling. And I was like, that's weird, mm. which I guess was the swelling. And then it just kind of like stayed that way for like an hour. Now it only hurts if I put pressure on it. So, you know, that's something at least. At least it's not that bad. Yeah, it was just kind of like a shock thing. I'm surprised it didn't like bleed. But Oh, well, yeah. My, daily, my weekly injury at work happens all oh, the yeah. time. No kidding. But yeah, I think this like, is... Huh? Oh, go, go on. Oh, I was just going to say, with like the, the trip coming up and stuff, I've been like overdosing on vitamin C, trying to squash this cold, trying to get rid of it yeah. as fast as possible, because it's like we're leaving in like just over a week, and I'm not trying to be sick in Florida. Yeah. No, that couldn't be fun at all. No. So I think this is the first podcast since we've launched it, but uh, officially now all of the GNC Podcast Network shows are on uh, available on YouTube now. Oh, yeah, I saw that. So we got both the audio versions, and then we also have, uh, so far the only one that's 100% confirmed that we're going to be doing this going forward is 3DO, but we're, we're going to have video versions of the podcasts. Um, gonna be It's going to be hit or miss with GNC just because 
Alex uh, doesn't like to be filmed, but um, yeah. I might, if I can recover them, I might do some of the old geek addicts as well. Cause I actually found out I can get a bunch of those old broadcasts back. All right. So I'll have to look at some of the footage because my, my podcasting setup is, has been so sporadic and random and I'm always puffing on my vape <laughs> while we're recording and shit. So it's all right. I, I did. I did recover the GNC season uh, three finale though. So I'm really happy. I have that one. So that, that yeah. would be fun to do at least. That should be going up at some point. Um, I have basically I have all of the GNC episodes from um, from the last three anime films on since we switched over to uh, Streamyards. Mm-hmm. I have all the 3DOs from once since we got back, and then I have almost I almost every Geek Addicts except for the first one, which is a little depressing because the first one was so chaotic. I know just how long we went on Dragon Ball, but. No, that would have been fun. <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, that one's video is there was no video actually. We did that on Discord. Now that I think about it. Oh yeah, that's right. The only one we did because I had to edit out a toilet flush. <laughs> it was great. Wait, did you edit that one out? I, or or am I thinking of the fruits baskets one? So it, it's still in the fruit baskets one because that was on Zencaster and yeah. I didn't feel like editing it out. That's fair. Uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. um. Which actually, on that subject, my wife started watching that, and she, oh, she really? likes it. She likes it a lot. Yeah, it's a good show. Yeah, I think she just recently got to the part where Ayame is introduced. Ah, uh, yes. And she's just starting to realize how like perverted all these guys are. <laughs> uh, he's one of the worst ones. Oh, for sure. But like, I don't know. She was. Um, she, I don't know. She was mentioning like the other day when she was watching one of the episodes, and. Um, it was one of the ones where the the dog guy, I forget it. Uh, Shigeru. Yeah, that guy. Um, it was something like he was like acting like he was going to do a favor, like dropping something off of the school or whatever. But then he, as he's walking away, he's like, high school girls, high school girls. Yep. <laughs> like, the best part is, too, that's John Bugmire. And it just he does such a great job with that role. Oh, yeah. He's, he, it, he's always a treat no matter what he's doing. It's super Him funny. And- him and Ayame together are like the best duo. Yeah, for sure. Plus Hattori, who just is there by association. But oh yeah, and um, what's uh Hatsuharu, the cow oh, yeah, guy? Hats- Hatsuharu. That one. That one was extra fun for us because that's um, the the Chinese zodiac for our daughter. Oh yeah. Where like the whole like the light and dark side, like that just fits her so perfectly. So that nice. was really funny. Yeah, that, that's a great show. I got to rewatch it at some point, but I also yeah. have too many shows on deck right now. So I feel you. It's been it's been coming up on a year since I watched it for the first time. So I don't know. I've been feeling like I should rewatch it just to kind of refresh myself. Mm. No, it's worth it. I got to read the manga for it. That's something I've been meaning to do for a while now. Like give it a full on read because there is a lot of stuff they cut out for time, unfortunately. Yeah. But yeah, speaking of uh, anime and manga, our topic for this week is actually we're doing another retrospective. And yes. this one is for a pretty a pretty significant anime, I'd say. Pretty significant mm-hmm. uh pretty significant franchise in anime and manga in general, I'd say. For sure. The, the car can't believe it. I mean, I know. It's it's a very exciting news. But uh for this episode, we're going to be talking about the Full Metal Alchemist franchise. 
Yeah, mostly Brotherhood, but you know, we might mix in some other stuff. I, I, I at least have seen the original show. I don't know if you have. I have seen elements of it. The problem with watching the original is when you try when you try to watch the original right after watching Brotherhood, it is very hard to get into. Yeah, that's that. That's like the the best advice I could give. And, and this actually, um, this actually extends into a few other series as well um specifically well one of the ones that comes to mind is avatar is you don't want to watch the two series back to back you want to you want to give them some breathing space in between because um it just kind of like pollutes your opinion of one or the other if you watch them back to back yeah especially with fma where like the the two series are pretty similar for like the first like 20 or something episodes Mm -hmm. and then they just both of them go in completely different directions. So. Yeah, for sure. One of them's super accurate to the manga, the other not so much. <laughs> but uh, right. <laughs> yeah, so a little backstory, I guess. Um, FMA is not that old. I mean, the manga itself ran from... Yeah, the manga itself is actually a post-2000s manga running from 2001 to 2010, mm-hmm. which... It's pretty old now, but at the t- it, it's weird when I see two thousands there because that just doesn't feel old to me for some reason. No, not at all. And it was written by, um, I'm gonna butcher this probably. I, do you know her name better than just so Hir- I don't... Hiromu Arakawa? Okay, I don't want to butcher that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so she wrote and uh, illustrated this manga, which is always fun because I love female uh, manga artists. They just they draw a lot differently than male artists and like they have a specific style to them. I'm, I'm saying this cause I'm really biased and Mika Takahashi is my favorite artist, but mm-hmm. um, Arakawa's artist art is also very excellent. Oh yeah. It's very good. And I have, um, <clears throat> excuse me. I, I have uh, also read the manga as well as seeing the series and yeah, the art's solid all the way through. Yeah, I've read most of the manga. I've I skipped around at points just because it's. What's cool about Brotherhood, the second anime, is it is one of probably the most accurate anime adaptions there is. Mm. Like, I can't really remember. Did they? I know there's like one filler episode for the most part, and other than that, they really didn't skip anything. Um, there's there's two filler episodes. The the first episode, funny enough, is a filler episode with uh, okay. the the water guy. Right. That's true. um. And then there was an episode about midway through. I think it was right after. Um, I could get, be getting mixed up, but I, I want to say it's right around the time where Ed and Ling, Ed Ling and Envy get swallowed by right. Gluttony. Um, but it was the one where uh, Hohenheim was having that like weird fever dream, mm. where like uh, he he keeps like seeing visions of people and he sees like yeah the young uh what's her name panaco the uh, winry's so. grandmother uh he sees yes. like visions of her and of ed now's uh mom and all sorts of stuff like that that one was the only other filler episode to my knowledge okay yeah so it's like there's barely any filler and the two filler episodes really aren't even they aren't jarring enough to even be noticed as filler unless you've actually read the manga i'd say yeah, for sure. And doesn't it pretty much cover everything from the manga? 
for the most part, there are a few things that were in the manga that were actually in the original show and not Brotherhood. Um, okay. Things like um, uh, Yoki. Is that his name? Yoki? The the guy with the mustache that hangs out with Scar? I think so, yeah. Yeah, um, his whole backstory stuff that um, is covered in the original anime, but is only kind of referenced a little bit in Brotherhood. Right. Okay. Yeah, that makes makes sense and there's a couple I gotta, of the little things too like there's a fight between ed and um mustang at one point uh there's also a scene where uh major armstrong tries to set up havoc with one of his sisters which is okay. a really funny scene got it yeah it's um it, it's interesting to me because like this series is like held on a pedestal that's to a point where the, the fan base for it's almost a little bit overwhelming at times. Yeah, it's actually uh, funny because I was um, I was just listening to the episode of Gaming Memories that you and Alex were on a couple years back. Oh, yeah. And uh, right around the time where I left off from listening to it was when you were talking about how, like, the, the Full Metal fan base and how crazy they get and stuff. It's true, though. I mean, like, they are... So I hate using Mal as an example because Mal in hindsight, as I've learned over the year, isn't a great website slash app for tracking manga and the, the people that hang out on it are pretty insane. But mm-hmm. for years, like FMA Brotherhood has been number one, like the number one overall rated anime for like ever. And anytime any other anime like overpasses it, they like throw a bitch fit and like either review, they used to review bomb whatever anime overpassed it just to lower its review score. Or they would just like bot the hell out of the uh, the score for FMA Brotherhood just to get it back to number one, like to the point where Mal had to change how the rating system works just so they would stop doing that. Right. Because I remember like it would happen a long time. The big one that was like a huge like crazy moment was when Fruit Baskets ironically like hit number one for a brief period and they like went insane. And that's honestly what caused a lot of the changes. I can imagine. But it's like, I get it. It's a really good anime, but like, I wouldn't say it's number one for me personally. I'm not sure if it's your number one either, but I would. It's. I mean, you know what my number one is, <laughs> but True. um, but I I will say that I do think it is the perfect package. Yeah, it is. Um, as far as like you know, it's got the drama, it's got the action, it's got the 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 beautiful beautiful animation, beautiful soundtrack. Uh, top-notch acting uh the story is all there the characters are alive and vibrant like it literally it does have everything but at the same time like i don't understand why fans do stuff like that because when something is that good you kind of have to let it stand on its own merit because if you just bomb it like that it's just it kind of just makes it look bad well that's kind of the, the reputation that the fan base has gotten over the years now is that they're all I might get flack for saying this, but I feel like they're a little insecure at times with their show and they need it to be number one at times, but eh, that's, that's besides the point. The show itself though, like taking away all of that craziness is phenomenal. Like it deserves all the praise it gets for sure. So I think we've talked about in the past, how I got into it. Cause it was actually, I was hanging out with you couple years ago and we had just for shits and giggles watched like the first three episodes of the anime i believe this was 
it had to have been I was still living there so it had to have been like either very late 2021 or like extremely early 2022 I'd say um because it was still in the house before you the the tree incident happened yeah the tree happened in October of 2021 late October so okay so it must have been it would have it would have had to have been before that okay yeah so it was definitely 2021 so that's got like three years ago now yeah it's wild <laughs> but i remember because you would um we watched the first three episodes and you basically were like watch episode four if that one doesn't hook you then the show's not going to be for you and <laughs> you'd basically you just told you alluded to to me that it was a doozy <laughs> and yeah. i was like all right it can't be that bad and what's hilarious is you watch it and the whole time you're like, this ain't that bad. And then you get to the end and you're just, your, your mind literally just goes, what the fuck? Like, yeah. And you were right. It hooks you from there basically. And I believe I binged the entire entirety of brotherhood in like two weeks after that. Yeah, that, that definitely happens. And that that's exactly why I wanted to stop there at episode three, when we were watching it together. Cause I was like, you know, you, we're going to end up getting sucked into it if we continue to watch. So I'm just going to leave it there and I'll let you face the horrors of that episode on your own later on. Yeah. Um, but like, I think I also made it a point to mention that like, you know, this is as bad as it gets. So, you know, if that makes you squeamish or whatever, don't worry. It, it gets better. <laughs> yeah. Like the only other, so obviously spoiler warning if going forward, like just so, um, We've, we've been pretty good so far, but I will say spoiler warning here. We're probably going to spoil some major plot elements. Um, later, A later scene that was pretty, that hits you pretty hard too is when uh, Major Hughes gets killed. Yeah. That's pretty depressing, especially because it's wife and kid and stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, the, the whole act of him being killed wasn't like, it, like it was a, it was a hard scene and it was definitely emotional, but like I don't know. You can't really beat the dark nature it, of episode four. <laughs> it wasn't as shocking as what. Um, it really desensitizes you. <laughs> I, I'm already forgetting his. What's the the character the guy's um, name? The oh shit! I know he's uh, uh, Shao Tucker. Shao Tucker. Yeah, he basically everything he he's pretty much like the biggest monster in this entire series in reality. Oh yeah, like screw whatever all the homunculi and father and all them. Like, no, this dude's the worst. Yeah, it says a lot that like the main villain of this series, like the the big bad that gets like built up throughout the entire the entire sixty four episode run, isn't even the most heinous person in this show. It's literally the guy, the one off character that appears in episode four, mm -hmm. and is killed, but like at the end of the episode by yeah. Scar. <laughs> like yeah, he literally it's funny because the only reason i remember him is it's he's it's he's played by chuck huber yeah and like it's, it's interesting it's one of chuck huber's more like unique roles where he doesn't sound like 17 mm -hmm. or uh king pilaf or emperor pilaf sorry um yeah it's all the same but it's like should we spoil what happens because it's i mean everyone who's seen fma knows at this point. i mean the memes are everywhere <laughs> yeah the he basically he was the guy that like created like the chimera like fusing people like with infusing people with animals 
and he that that's how he got his whole uh state alchemist alchemist uh, status but he never really improved his art from there so when he's basically when he uh, needs to uh get basically renew his uh contract he goes and gets desperate and makes another one by using his daughter and their dog and it is horrifying yes it's very depressing to see it's also heavily implied that the his original experiment he used his wife I think it's pretty explicit. He, he definitely yeah. used his wife. <laughs> yeah, it's like this guy's kind of fucked, and it's really sad because they showcase. He thinks like this new chimera he created out of his daughter is like the greatest thing ever, and they've like they're basically kind of like you realize this shit's like it's gone. Like we've gotten so much better at this shit in this time because mm-hmm. there's like other chimera that appear later on that are way more advanced and not as freakish. Yeah, it's like, hey, this is what it would have been like if you had done it right, and she would have been totally fine. Like, This is what it would have been like if you had actually done fuck all for like the last how many years? For real. Basically. Oh, yeah, jeez. The worst part, too, is like she gets put basically put down at the ep- ep- during the episode at the same time as her dad. And you think that it would be a one-off thing, but no, this is like Ed and Al's like biggest trauma like for the rest of the series at this point. Oh yeah, all the, going all the way to the final episode, there, you know, it always gets brought up. It's always like the, like this is the. I don't want to say it's necessarily what they're trying to atone for. That's not really the right word, but it's kind of what they're trying to rise above the whole time. Yeah, it's actually funny because like it's I love the memes for this because like. I know when like Breath of the Wild, not Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom was announced. They Link has that ability to like merge things, so everyone was making parodies of it. Of it. Um, my my personal favorite meme though was a, uh, it was a spy family meme where uh, Shao Tucker is like, creepily approaching Anya and Bond, and then you just see <laughs> you see Yor in the sky one. about to fucking murder him. It's like the greatest <laughs> thing ever. I'm seeing that one. That one's good. Yeah, like the, there was a bunch of funny ones, but um, there's the classic fusion ha. Yeah, <laughs> it's just people have made light out of a very fucked up scene in an in an anime at this point. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, going back though, I guess we should probably talk about the start of the show, and the, the show starts very strong, like the whole like backstory between, basically explaining Ed and Al's backstory. Well, I mean, it kind of like um, it starts off with like the the ice guy, and it kind of gives you like a little taste of everything that's going on. Like, you know, you meet all the characters. You you know, um, you even meet like the the Fuhrer Bradley. Um, it kind of gives you like an idea of how alchemy works and uh, the military structure of the country that they're in and everything. Mm. And then uh, going into the next episode is really when they start unfolding their whole backstory yeah and it's pretty it's pretty deep like the next episode like literally like basically it explains the whole like ed and al's mother died and i mean she had the haircut she had the haircut that doomed her yeah um but yeah she uh dies pretty young and ed by this point was really starting to get into alchemy so of course they look up how to bring back the dead which is a huge no-no in the world of uh, alchemy. And they pull off the, the uh, human trans... What, how, what's it pronounced? It's like, Transmutation. 
human transmutation and they create this abomination and mm. it, 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 in exchange for creating this abomination, they also have to give up something. And I think it's like explained that like the, the thing that they lose, like that truth, it's truth, right? Is the, uh, yeah. Little shadow guy there. Uh, it's explained that the thing that truth takes from you is always like an ironic fate kind of thing. Like I think it's like, at, so Al loses his leg not Al, um, Ed loses his leg, and that's I think it had to do with, like, Ed really wanted, like, to stand up for, like, his uh, evil or something like that. It was, like, something like that. So they took Yeah, it was, like, uh, kind of like you don't have a leg to stand on kind of thing. Yeah. So, of course, they took one of his legs, and then Alphonse has, Alphonse has probably has the worst one, because he just wanted to feel his mother's warmth, so Ruth took away his body and his ability to feel, mm-hmm. which is extremely fucked up. Yeah. Um, and then in the process of that, Al, no, no, Ed also has, I'm going to mix the two of them up just periodically. <laughs> um, Ed, to save his brother, basically sacrifices his arm to put Al's spirit inside a suit of armor. So that's mm-hmm. why Ed, throughout the series, has a auto male arm and leg. And auto male is just a thing that exists in this universe. It's basically like robotic prosthetics that can that everyone has and it's technology awesome. yeah they are pretty cool unless you're in the wind unless you're in a wind a cold area then you have to have modified ones yeah that's you true. can't get them wet which yeah, kind of shit. yeah they're pretty neat but they're also kind of unwieldy at times yeah but uh yeah so it's like super kind of like dark from the start and of course the the whole main plot kind of goes from there where it's like Ed and Al's whole journey basically throughout the story is they want to get their bodies back, essentially. Yeah, basically just restore them back the way they were. And what's sad is, too, the human transmutation they did didn't even bring their mom back. It just brought this fucked up, like, thing, essentially. Yeah, it was just, like, gross thing with, like, rib cage on the outside. And... Which Alph- of- Alphonse's spirit was stuck in for a few minutes, which was lovely. Which actually ended up being like a relief to them when they found that out. That it wasn't actually their mom. Yeah. Yeah. Which I guess I kind of get. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, that would be pretty traumatizing. I mean, it traumatized them pretty bad. Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm, we're not going to go note for note, obviously, but to go through like some of the, the major events, I mean, wh- what do you think the best place to go from here is? Um. Hmm. I don't know. We already talked about the whole Shao Tucker thing. I mean, um, there's the whole the whole uh, Ishval conflict is a, a pretty big thing that kind of goes throughout the whole series. Yeah, it, it's interesting to me because, like, despite being an anime, this is one of those anime that doesn't exclusively take place in Japan this time around. So there's a lot of very like non-standard character designs that stick out a lot but like they also make the anime like kind of stand on its own at the same time yeah there's only like th- uh what, like four asian characters in the whole show yeah and they weren't even in the original series yeah spoiler warning for that but um <laughs> yeah i guess we should probably explain that a little bit the uh the whole two anime thing yeah um so i i guess the i don't remember exactly exactly when the first show came out 
but I know that when it came out, um, that manga had only gotten up to maybe like 12 volumes or so, or might even be less than that. I'm not sure. Um, so the original FMA ran for 51 episodes from 2003 to 2004. Yeah. So yeah, it only ran for about a year. Um, and the, obviously the manga was still super early on at that point. So they didn't have the whole story. So yes. I, I think, um, I think basically Arakara went to the, the animation company and basically just said like, Hey, uh, here's the basic idea. Like, obviously you have what I've written so far for the manga. So you can start with that and then just roll with it and do whatever you want with it. Yeah. In a very unpresented, like unprecedented, presented, like an unprecedented, I can't speak today. Uh, way <laughs> compared to like most manga at the time. Cause like other series that ran into the same issue, like Inuyasha also, hit that inevitable wall of running out of manga and they stretched that out as long as they could before they just put it on hiatus until it was finished. Um, Moroni Kenshin ran into the wall and infamously they did filler for an entire season to the point where people turned on the show and it didn't get picked up for continuation. Yeah. Um, trying to think Nar of another Naruto Naruto, just the entire show basically. Yeah. Um, One Piece to a degree. One Piece ha has handled it better over the yeah, years. One Piece, I feel like more, uh, they mostly like stretch out scenes as opposed to just making whole new shit. Yeah. Uh, Hunter Hunter, this happened to twice mm. uh, where they ran out of uh, material. Um, Black Clover currently has run out of material. They tried stretching it with filler and gave up because it was bad. Um, and they just put it on hiatus. Mm. Um. I'm actually thinking about it. One of the few animes that I think got away with it was Yu Yu Hakusho. Like Yu Yu Hakusho is probably one of the most accurate anime adaptions there is. Yeah, I don't even know if Yu Yu Hakusho really has. I think the only filler episode in Yu Yu Hakusho might be the last episode. Yeah, and even that's still for the most part in the manga. They just stretch it and expand it a little. Yeah, they just made it a little. They just presented it in a different way. Yeah. Oh, fruit baskets. That's another one where they ran out of manga. Yeah, that's something that tends to happen a lot because uh, they, people tend to rush to make an anime adaptation for something that's brand new. Yeah, well, it's like it's kind of like they, they're super popular, so they want to cash in on it while it's popular. Yeah. Uh, the problem is, though, a lot of the, the ma manga artists can't keep up. Like, I believe in Fruit Basket's case, the um, the artist, she had um, hurt her hand and she was, wasn't able to draw for a long, long period of time. So she had to... Uh, there was kind of this weird hiatus, like just kind of period where they couldn't get any more manga. So the first anime ends pretty early into the manga's run. And they, uh, she had such a bad experience with that studio that she ended up just not picking it up until years later when it was finished. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Cause even modern anime have this issue too. Like um, spy family is about to run out of manga very quick. Oh yeah. That's why season two is so short because they they only have so much material they can go off of. Mm. Um, That's why I like the the concept of seasonal anime a lot more. I mean, yeah, it sucks to have to wait for some of these things, like like the like three four years we had between seasons one and two of Attack on Titan was ridiculous. But like, yeah, but you end up with a better quality product when you do stuff like that. 
Well, it's funny too because then you also get the opposite effect where, like, a series like uh, Kaguya-sama, that manga's done. Like, they got plenty of material, but there's like no real word on if we're going to get a season four. And I think the most infamous one is Komi, where it's like that. That there's like almost thirty volumes of Komi, and they're they've only covered up to volume like eight, I think. So, wow. Jeez. yeah, it's like they got plenty to work with, but doesn't look like they're going to do much more. So who knows there? Yeah. But yeah, so going back to FMA though, FMA legit like the first like twenty or so episodes, pretty much right on, and then it just completely goes off the rails. Oh yeah, like to the point where the two thousand three show arguably has its own fan base because it has it, it does have fans that still prefer it over Brotherhood. It's pretty much the people who watched it first i I think that's what it really comes down to is whatever you watch first ends up being your definitive like if if you grew up with the original then that tends to be your favorite and then if you watch brotherhood later in life and that was the first one you watched then that tends to be the one you like more yeah oddly enough the original i think is darker at times than like brotherhood is uh yeah depending on what what's going on shout tucker is alive through like the whole thing yeah, I, I I noticed that when I watched briefly watched it, I was like, "Why?" I'm like, and why? he's like weird, <laughs> like I don't know. He does like some weird experiment on himself and turns himself into like this weird blob chimera thing. Of course, <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's strange. And then he tries to like clone, create another one of his daughter. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, and there's like assaults that happen in the anime that's bizarre um they just do some really weird they went some weird places in the original fma yeah they certainly did um but a lot of it was there's a lot of really interesting stuff in there too honestly Mm. um i I don't know how much you know about it i don't want to like if it's something you want to look into later on i want to spoil it for you but um I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like, I might watch it again. I I've only seen parts of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the ending is really fucking weird. Cause they end up like in the human world at one point. Yeah. The whole concept of what's behind the portal of truth is very, very different in that show. Uh, because what's behind the portal. Well, and if you already know that, I'll just say it. All right. It, it behind the portal is our world. Yeah. Like the, the whole conquerors of Shambhala movie is like this really weird. Like they end up in our world at the end. It's, bizarre yeah and by the end of the show ed and al are just in our world and that's just where they live now yeah it's i get like i give them props for trying their own take on it but i'll say say it now brotherhood story is just better yeah it's it's just makes more sense It, it has that kind of like that kind of well thought out structure to it where you yeah. you know that that a lot of thought went into this story and probably had a lot of this story mapped out before it even started yeah honestly like it's crazy to me because um like we had mentioned earlier like the entire ling subplot isn't even in the original series like that's completely just not a thing yeah the original greed is the only greed you see in that series which is both kind of awesome but also kind of depressing because the second greed is more interesting, honestly. The first the first greed is fun because he's crazy and he's voiced by Chris Padden. But mm-hmm. the, the second greed it's it, it is 
a more interesting character just because he had the whole dynamic where he's both Ling and Greed at the same time. Yeah. The homunculi as a whole are is also really weird in the in the original series, the way that that whole thing works. Yeah, because like isn't one of them completely a different character? Uh a couple of them are, yeah. I believe isn't Wrath isn't um isn't uh the same character, right? It's uh Yeah, some of them are switched up. Um Bradley is pride in the original series as opposed to Wrath. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Because then, because Pride doesn't, because his son or, or child, quote unquote, son wasn't introduced in the original, was he? Or I don't remember. Yeah, the the whole thing is like they changed it around at the end because the whole ending to the, the original show is just weird. Like it's so different. Yeah, it's very different. Uh, um, that was also a thing though that kind of threw me off was the fact that the the quote unquote like big good at the beginning is ends up being one of the villains towards the middle of the series yeah even though like you watch it now and you, you kind of get like the there's a lot of like german vibes like world war ii germany era vibes in the show and like you get a oh, lot of like the Fuhrer vibes from bradley very very much yes um well that, that's one of the things is um arakara watched a lot of like old war b movies and stuff and you definitely see a lot of that in this series. Yeah, it's it's in, an interesting uh, dynamic, especially for an anime. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes it stand out. That's one of the reasons why this show is so specific, like such a well-known and like well-regarded show. I think is just its style is so spot on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, going on though, I'm like trying to think of other big moments that we should probably talk about. Um. um God, it's been a little bit since I've watched it now, but at this point, you know, I've, I've seen the show at least a few times, uh, read the manga at least once. I find it interesting that there's an entire like group of like uh, characters in this series that are just like souls trapped in, in like armor because of like they lost their original bodies. Oh, yeah. Barry the Chopper. Barry the Chopper is like the best character. And he does not get enough screen time. No, not at all. I wish he had lasted longer. He was such a fun, goofy character. But like at the same time, he's he's a mass murderer. That was actually yeah. another weird thing in the original series. He was his whole deal was weird. Yeah, because uh, you actually meet him as a human in the original series before he becomes the oh, uh, suit guy. Yeah, which is funny because you meet his human form also in a. Uh in the brotherhood and it's actually leads to his demise in the end yeah yes i love how by the end of that whole thing he's just like a little piece of scrap with the blood seal on it yeah and then it gets gets erased by his 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 original body and he's like no stop don't do that yeah it's just so silly he's also voiced by jerry jewel which is just hilarious to me Mm -hmm. Um, jerry jewel has range like this was the show that made me realize that oh yeah for sure. Uh, speaking of voice actors, we should probably talk about the voice cat, the funny cast that did Full Metal Alchemist, because there's a lot of familiar faces in this show. Oh, for sure. Like, I mean, obviously, the main character Ed is um, Vic Mignogna, and it's probably Vic Mignogna's most iconic role at this point. Easily, the only one, other one that I think would even come close is maybe Broly. Yeah, but, but even then, like, but all, even that. 
That's just screaming Kakarot a lot. Like yeah, that's well, that's aside from like the newest Broly movie, but yeah, I I definitely think Ed is the number one. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna get into the controversy surviving surrounding Vic at this point, but um, I'm just gonna talk about him for his performance here, and like, it's spot on. Like he, Ed is such a like interesting character because he's like kind of an annoying little shit but you also really like him because he he's smart but also dumb at the same time yeah he's kind of like smarmy you know he's he he's kind of a punk but you know he's it's not he's not as much of a punk as like say like a use case you're a meshy but yeah. he's he's kind of just like a more you know uh rough around the edges yeah and i find it interesting too that like Alphonse, because he lost his body and he's basically been stuck in a suit of armor, he really hasn't matured the same way Ed has, because he's still very childlike. Yeah, for sure. In a lot of ways. And we find out later that's mostly because he's basically in stasis, like, at this point. Mm-hmm. Which, Which is, is even more pronounced in the original series, actually. Yeah, it's it's really... So, jumping away to the end, when we do eventually see Ed uh, Alphonse's body, like, in the ga- at, at the gate... He's like scrawny as shit and basically like barely living at this point. Yeah, he's and, just like all emaciated, he's just long hair, long fingernails, just like super uh gaunt, I think is the right word for it. He looks very gaunt. Yeah. But what get what I find insane is like they explain how he is alive and it's actually really fucked up. Is like he's basically stealing all of Ed's uh nutrition, and that's why Ed is so short. Yeah. <laughs> I love how they just had to throw in that little explanation. <laughs> Yeah, and like Ed even like mentions it as they're like figuring it all out. It's just like that actually explains everything. (laughs) Yeah, it's like he's basically stealing. He's basically siphoning his life force from Ed, and that's why Ed is like just like short and kind of like scrawny, which is. Hey, actually, come to think of it, that makes a lot of sense because once um, like around the time when Ed's not. when Al starts kind of having those weird like flashes where like he loses consciousness and he's, he sees his body and all that other stuff. I think that's around the time, like when that time skip happens and Ed does actually grow a little bit. Yeah. Cause I think, cause it's like Ed, Al's like losing connection to the uh, suit of armor basically. Yeah. Cause least, they're out of sync. Yeah. That, that's at least what I'm, I assume it means it's a little unclear. Um, so speaking of subplots now, like there's a whole bunch of like kind of subplots that go on. Like obviously you've got you got Ed and Al are trying to find uh, philosopher's stones because they believe that's how they're going to get their body back. Mm-hmm. You've also got so then we we met we've mentioned him a few times. You've got you've got Ling and Lon his assistant Lon Fan, who are from one of the neighboring regions, and they are also looking for a full, well. Ling is looking for the the basically like the source of like he's basically just trying to find a way uh to bring about immortality whether that's yeah. the philosopher's stone or the armor thing or whatever yeah he's basically looking for a way to live forever kind of even though philosopher's um, stones technically don't make you live forever but that's besides the point um there's also may right that's her name yeah. may she's also looking for so there's a whole bizarre like cultural thing from the the land i forget the name of it but uh the land that uh ling she- and, uh, yeah, there's a whole bizarre like cultural thing where it's like the the king of uh, emperor of Qing basically has like 
12 wives and they all gave birth to children and it's like the children have to basically fight for who's going to take over. I, I think the basic idea of it is the emperor has a wife from every one of like the major clans. Yes. And, and it has a child with each of those wives. So there's a prince and princess in every clan in the, in the country, every like major clan. And they all have to like compete to, you know, see who's going to succeed. Yeah. As emperor. It's kind of a fucked up thing when you really think about it. Cause it's kind of like, they're basically fighting, fighting each other for this. And yeah, it's the ultimate sibling rivalry pretty much. <laughs> cause, cause you see it a lot whenever, um, Whenever uh, Ling runs into a May, although it's not so much Ling's kind of Ling, Ling's an interesting character because he's a very goofy, goofy ass character when you first meet him, but you realize he's secretly plotting the entire time. Yeah. Uh, ironically, there's more like <laughs> there's more issues between May and Lan Fan than anything because they just don't like each other. Yeah, so the whole thing when uh, after Lan Fan cuts her arm off to like, <laughs> that es- scene is escape. That- that's she, she's recovering in the doctor's office or whatever, and freaking May just kind of comes around the corner and throws a kunai at her. Like, yeah, and then the, the doctor's like, "I told you two to sit down and eat." Yeah, eat uh, some uh, the, the doctor head. guy is one of my favorite characters. He's he's awesome. He he doesn't stick around very long, but he definitely leaves his impression. Yeah, he's definitely one of those like really colorful side characters. Uh, another subplot we have is we've got uh, obviously uh, the stuff going on back in the capital with uh, God, I'm forgetting their names. Right Mustang now. and Mustang, uh, um, Havoc, uh, Hawkeye, all them. Yeah, they're all essentially like they have their own thing because they're also trying to like basically find out what the weird shit that's going on. Because doesn't like doesn't Mustang not trust Bradley at all, or is it heavily implied? Kind of. I, I think at first it's more so like he just doesn't like what he's doing with the country. So he wants to become the Fuhrer to try and fix all the problems, like, you know, stop all the wars from happening and stuff, all that. Because um, obviously he's a war vet and he knows the horrors of war. And he doesn't want to, you know, he doesn't want that to continue into the future. Um, you know, kind of like a tone for all the things he's done, the lies he's taken, all that. Um, yeah, because that, that's another ironic fate is later on when he gets forcefully, like, he basically forcefully performs to human transmission um, later on in the series. He ends up losing his eyes because the, he need, needs his eyes to run, run the country as an ironic thing. Yeah, it was like, a, I don't know, the, the way that the dwarf in the flask kind of explained it, he did it in a very, like, poetic way. It's just something like uh, the man who had a vision for the future had his sight, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. Although he gets his sight back at the end, like in like the most like nonchalant way ever. But that's besides the it's point. Like, yeah. The uh, what's his name? Marco shows up. He's just like, hey, yeah. Uh, still got one of these. Stone. I still called bullshit on that though. Like he got he got forced through the portal. Like he did not perform it. But that's besides the point. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was pretty bullshit, but. I mean, it makes sense that they would figure something like that out. Um, but at the same time, it's like, well, if they could do that, why didn't they just do that? Instead of waiting all these years for for people to come up who just happened to do it, why didn't you yeah. just do that? Now, obviously, yeah. there was there was a uh, a price, you know, there's a, there was a toll 
um, that it took on on pride when he did that. But I mean, obviously, yeah. father doesn't really give a shit, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, I think another, uh, and then I think the only other like notable like um, person who had something taken from them was uh, Ed and Al's master. Yes, it's one of the best characters in the whole show. Yeah, she's a badass, but like. Her whole thing was that they had a baby that had a miscarriage, and so she tried to bring the baby back. So, Truth took away her ability to have babies ever again, which is, and she never got it healed. So she just like vomits blood like randomly throughout the series. Yeah, like whenever she's getting worked up, she just (laughs) yeah. I love I love the like relationship between her husband and Armstrong later on too because they're just bros. That's one of the best things, like one of my favorite scenes in the whole series. And they actually, they meet super early on in the manga. Yeah. Armstrong is quite possibly one of the best characters in both Armstrongs, but particularly uh, the first one we meet is the uh, major. Yeah. He is, he is wonderful. Yeah. It's just the, the fact that he's voiced by Chris Sabat just makes it even better. It's the token Chris Sabat role where he's like over the top for no reason. And it's great. Super manly. It just ripped my shirt off for no reason. Like, yeah, his shirt just explodes at random points off. And he's just like, because I am so manly. And it's like, oh, yeah. yeah, it's um, it's it's delightful. And he's not even the most like intense person in that family because his sister is way more intense later on. Oh, yeah. Big time. Uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, well, yeah. We also have to mention Scar and he's got his own journey that he's going on yeah is which is like an extension of the whole thing with mustang um because the the war that mustang took part in was the war against scar's homeland which kind of set scar on this whole path of revenge and that's 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 another scene in the anime that's super like effed up is when you find out what happened to scar's brother yeah when you realize that his arm isn't even his arm yeah, it was like because his brother was like the one who created like the Alka history and was like gonna like revolutionize everything, and then of course he gets does he get he gets killed right? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, what happened was uh, Scar, uh, Scar was mortally injured. His arm was off. Yeah, and uh, his brother, who I don't think ever got a name, by the way. No, I don't think he did. Um, he, he was a, he was more of a bigger he was more of an impact character than a actually a plot related one. Yeah, but like basically the way that um, Scar's brother's alchemy worked was he had one arm he had like tattoos on both of his arms and one of them did deconstruction one of them did reconstruction. Hmm. So he like detached his deconstruction arm and attached and reattached it to Scar's stump, I guess. And I mean, I'm guessing he just bled out after that. I I always kind of assumed now that you mentioned the construction reconstruction, he like used his reconstruction to reconstruct Scar's arm at the price. Maybe he did like he had to trade some himself basically to do it. I don't know. Some, Something he, like that. Well, I mean, Alka history, um, they make it a big, a big point of difference between alchemy and Alka history where, Alcastry is generally used more for like medicine as for yeah. like, treatment and stuff. So it, I guess it would make sense that you could use that to reattach an arm. Yeah, it, it's never explained exactly what happened there, but it's um it's dark. It's very it, but you understand the whole like what why Scar is the way he is, because he he is like the probably the biggest like anti villain or anti hero, I guess, in this. It, it's he's kind of both. He's very much in a 
he's villainous, but he's also he's kind of also a hero at the same time. He's he's a very complicated character, but that's part of what makes him such a well well rounded character. And he he goes through a lot of changes throughout the series. Like really, kind of gets a good look at himself in the mirror at, at a certain point. He kills Shao Tucker. That automatically makes him a hero. That's yeah. This is true. This is true. Um, yeah, but he's got his whole journey. Like, there's actually a fun subplot with him and uh, May because May also uses Alka history. Yep. So they have a bit of a bonding moment there. Like, yeah, he gets his whole little group. Basically, his whole thing is he's against all alchemy users, mm-hmm. in a sense. And like, when he sees her using Alka history, he kind of immediately takes a liking to her because of that. Well, I think it's more so the military alchemists. That yeah. He likes because he because he doesn't specifically target. Alphonse, he only targets Ed. Yeah, it's unclear with Alphonse, because he, he blows Alphonse up a few times, but Alphonse is a suit of armor, so it's it's fine. Yeah, but I mean, Alphonse was directly attacking, you know, trying to defend Ed, so yeah, that, that makes more sense. We also, we haven't talked about Winry much yet. No. Um, I mean, she's definitely an important character. Well, it's interesting, because, like, her early appearances are pretty She's like the token, just like childhood friend who doesn't do much. And then you find out later that she's, oh, she's the one that made the auto mail for Ed. Yeah. And then we find out, oh, she's actually this brilliant mechanic. Which is really, it's like a really cool um, contrast between her and her parents who were doctors. Mm. They're actually the ones who saved Scar's life. And then when he woke up and realized what happened to his arm, he just freaked out and killed them. Yeah, and that's why she has a grudge the entire uh, uh, series for the most part. Yeah, so it's a really interesting way that the story unfolds like that. Like what what's crazy to me is everybody is linked together somehow. Like they everybody everything connects in a weird like roundabout way. Yeah, and that's that's part of what I mean when I at the beginning of this when I said that the show has everything. It, it really does. It's so it it it's like. Shows like, um, say, Dragon Ball or Inuyasha, stuff like that. Like, it's a very linear series kind of thing. It's episodic, like kind of serialized. Full Metal Alchemist is a tapestry. Everything is connected. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was going to bring up with Winry, though. Like Her reactions whenever Ed destroys his automail are priceless. Is what now? Whenever Ed destroys his uh, automail, her reactions are priceless. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's the best. Except for the one time when it was kind of her fault. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure Ed deserved it for something, though. Yeah, well, I mean, it ended up saving his life, ultimately, so... Yeah. There's also the, um... One of the most, like, completely, like, random scenes in this entire show is when she's, like, taking her shirt off and Ed's just in the room for no reason. Eating a sandwich. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) and he just looks over like, huh? Because I just wanted a quiet place to eat my sandwich. <laughs> it's like that is like one of the rare, just like weird anime slapstick scenes that like it doesn't really fit anything else in this series. It's just there, and I find it really amusing, especially in that part of the series. Because that was a, a, at a point in the series where everything was getting super heavy, super dramatic. So like they, there was a lot more of that kind of like lighthearted slapsticky stuff in the beginning. But by that point, there wasn't really much of it. So yeah. especially because we're in there. Yeah, especially because this isn't a f- super fan servicey anime either. Like not at all. Like all the fe- the female characters are very 
their attractiveness does not have anything to do with their characters pretty for the most part like they're all very uh very strong well developed i guess you could say yeah i mean you got uh general armstrong hawkeye um uh is it izumi curtis or mizumi see her i think her, it's a, i think it's izumi i think it's izumi yeah it, it, her sandals throw me off because i'm pretty sure it's like wc or mc yeah so that that always throws me off i always think it's mizumi instead of izumi but honestly thinking about it i think the most fan servicey character like female character in this is probably winry and even then it's mostly just because she's got like the schoolgirlish outfit for like a lot of her scenes but then like her other scene she's in like her work like workshop outfit yeah i think it's just because she shows midriff and that's like the yeah. most fan servicey thing about it She's also the um, only "quote unquote" younger character in the series. Not counting May, that's way too young. Even though she ends up with Alphonse at the end. I mean, after they. Well, I mean, he's like at the mentality of an eight-year-old. She, she does hit puberty by the time where that happens, though. So I guess that's okay. It it happens off-screen, and we don't see when, so we can assume it was at a good time. That's how yeah. I always put it. Yep, just like um, uh, uh, what's her name with um. In Inuyasha. Oh, you mean uh, you mean in Inuyasha Hime how it's revealed that Rin and Sashoma are a thing? Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, it happened after she turned eighteen. That's all you need to know, and nothing you don't need to question it any farther. I I still don't I still don't buy that that whole show happened over like three months. Um, there's way too much stuff going on we'll <laughs> for that to be like three months. We'll, we'll save that for when we do a. Yashihime retrospective in the future. Fair um, yeah, because I, I got things to say about that show, but that well, that's for another time. Let's just say, <laughs> um, yeah. But, but going back to like characters in Fullmetal Alchemist, like, I mean, speaking of strong females, I mean, like Lanfan cuts her fucking arm off just yeah, to get away. As hell. That's my favorite scene too. Like the, they're chasing after this her scent, and it's like her arm, and then she attached it to a dog and it's just running around with her bloody dripping arm that poor dog i know <laughs> like yeah i feel bad for lanfan in that scene but i mostly feel bad for the dog <laughs> lanfan goes through a lot of shit throughout this anime oh yeah but she's such a badass and i love her theme music she's basically ling's like morality crutch like throughout most of this because like there's a scene where like he's about to take out greed and then greed because greed's a shape shift it's greed right uh no not envy envy yeah yeah yeah. i was gonna say uh, greed's let's just say they they share a body so i don't know how that happened yeah he does screw with him too a little bit but that's for different reasons yeah. uh envy like he, he's trying to take out envy and then envy uh shape shifts into uh lanfan just to mess with him mm -hmm. we didn't actually mention the all the uh himak himakula I, I can't talk tonight no, I'm with you, dude. My, I don't know. I, like I said, I still got that like cold residuals. My head feels like it's full of helium. Yeah, <laughs> but um, the humunculi are very interesting characters because they're they're basically based off the seven deadly sins. Yeah, and which is always they're, fun. They're basically this series like monsters of the week because like they all kind of appear throughout and they get taken out at various times. Mm -hmm. uh, what what I find interesting about them is that they're all their whole gimmick is that they're basically invulnerable to a degree. 
because they all have they're all basically um they all have a uh, philosopher's stones and they allow them to regenerate but they can only regenerate as long as the stones have souls to tribute and they run out eventually because the first evidence we get of that is gluttony i think I, I i could be mistaken but i think the basic idea of how that works is like you have as many lives like you take the philosopher's stone as like you know a life counter in a video game say this and um you know every time you get a mortal injury and heal it that's one soul lost that's essentially the way i understand it yeah i don't know if that's exactly how it works but that's the way i always quantified it because um the one who gets like injured the most is gluttony because he's just kind of a big dumb and yeah. uh he's the first one to run out of souls because eventually his body starts going on him and he's also weird because he's also secretly a portal well i mean lust gets taken out first oh yeah she does yeah, but, oh yeah, I mean, the, Mustang just burns her to death. Yeah, the most brutal fucking scenes in this entire anime. Yeah. Well, at first he like annihilates her, and then she regenerates, and then like it's just this massive fight. That is like one of the dopest scenes of the whole show, though. Like that whole like four episode like mini arc where the, um what's her name gets framed for killing uh Hughes. And then oh, they it's do uh, that. that's Hawkeye, right? No, it was um Ah, blanking on her name. Uh, Maria Ross, was that it? Oh, right, right. The other, the other girl, the That's one right. with the mole. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's like she gets framed for killing Hughes, and then they do this huge, like, elaborate plan where they pretend that Mustang killed her, but then she they... just got sent off to another. Uh, area. Yeah, and then they, uh, they like set this trap to try and find like the like flush out the homunculi and um that was when um what's his name havoc gets paralyzed yep yep that's it yeah that whole little like three or four episode mini arc is like one of my favorite parts of the whole series yeah th this series it's funny for every like one moment of lightheartedness it's just fucking like dark shit for like the next three. Oh yeah and it's and it was so wild too the when, when i first watched it because my my buddy matt um was the one who introduced me to this show and he he loaned me the dvds uh one day and he, he like he lit like the first two seasons or something he said hey you, you should watch this. this is a really good show i said okay whatever and um i don't know i didn't really give it much thought because i don't know i'm i'm kind of weird like I, i'm an anime fan i like anime yeah. but i also know that there's a lot of weird shit out there yeah, there very much is. So, like, I'm always a little... Even if I, I, I know a person's tastes and I trust their opinion, I'm still a little apprehensive before I jump into something. So I kind of let it I sit for a while. And then one day, he came over and we were having some drinks and stuff. And I was, I was like, most of the way into the bag by that point. And he was like, hey, let's throw it on. I'm like, yeah, fuck it, why not? And we watched the first four episodes, and I'm like, what the hell? Like was, uh, yeah, I'm sure that's a great show to watch Intoxicated too. Oh yeah, it was it was wild, but it, it got me sucked in, so yeah, it's it's crazy because like basically the uh humunculi are like the uh basically the, the mini bosses throughout the anime like that they have to keep running into because most of them get defeated throughout like Technically, the first Greed doesn't get really defeated. He gets 
murdered by father and turned into another homunculi. Yeah, it pretty much gets um like reduced to the core components. <laughs> yeah, and then placed in Ling. And then Ling kind of makes a deal with them and becomes like Dark Ling, which is like this bizarre the, the end the ending is like when everything climaxes is great because like by then too like Lanvan comes back with her new auto male arm. Yeah, which is the awesome scene. Yeah, her and hers is like they her they went they found a different mechanic for hers, so hers is like epic and like way over overmade, but still badass at the same yeah. time. And I love how like how the hum the homunculi, the seven deadly sins, so to speak, are all kind of defeated by their own sin. Yeah, pretty much. How like gluttony is eaten, uh, pride throws away his pride, and that becomes his downfall. Yeah. Um, uh, lust is defeated in just about the most unattractive way possible. Yep. Um, uh, wrath dies with a smile on his face. You know what I mean? Like it. Um, Envy's the confusing one because he like gets reduced to that like little like toad thing for a while, or they they they're yeah. they're they're not really gendered, so I don't want to misgender them. But uh, I don't know what Envy's deal is. It's yeah. confusing. But they're kind um, they're kind of a they more than anything. So I'll just leave it at that. But um, they but get the, reduced to this like weird like amoeba thing. Yeah, multiple times too. It's weird. But like it's just a really interesting way to to handle that whole thing. Like greed, like figuring out that he already had all he needed. Like and how each of each of these different sins kind of faces their own sin and and is ultimately defeated and kind of well, in some cases find peace, in other in other cases not so much, but Yeah. <laughs> I don't think lust found peace. No, and Probably not envy either. Yeah, or or gluttony for that matter. He kind of just died. The sloth, on the other hand, I mean, he just kind of. Oh yeah, he he he, he just kind of died. He just kind of like, got his ass kicked. <laughs> he is the least remarkable of them because he literally shows up and is just gone after that. Yeah, it was weird. Um, I will say though, going back to lust real quick, that's Laura Bailey. Like that's like one of her more like edgy roles, which is pretty impressive. Impressive. That was Laura Bailey? Yeah, Laura Bailey was lust. I didn't even realize that. Why? She got range. No wonder yeah. she doesn't even bother with anime most of the time anymore. Now she gets all these edgy, like, game roles. Which, um, a little off topic. Um, I know we talked about it a little bit in the Yu Hawk Show episode. Uh, she did return as Keiko in the um, the Yu Hawk Show OVAs. So oh, yeah, they, they, maybe. So she might come back for the remake. Who knows? Maybe. I'd be okay with it. I mean, Keiko has like maybe like half an hour of scenes in that show, so I mean, it's not like it's going to take that much, but... True. But I think the only anime roles that she's come back for recently has been um, Fruits Basket, uh, yeah, Keiko, and... Keiko for the OVA of Yu show, and uh, I also uh, was a um, Kushina in Naruto. Oh yeah, that was her. Yeah, she plays Naruto's mom. Yeah, I mean she comes back so rarely that I guess it makes sense why she'd probably do a one-off. Yeah, those are the only three that I I saw on her uh, her list that she's uh, done any even remotely recently. Yeah, 
Okay, that's fair. Yeah, but no, she was lust, and she did a really good job. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, all, all the, the all the voice actors in this show do a great job. Uh, it's actually kind of interesting. Like we, I had mentioned it in in uh, Fruit Baskets as well, but in the original anime, Alphonse was voiced by uh, Aaron Dismew, and right. similar to that show, he had grown up and he could no longer do the role. So he so Alphonse was recast. I forget the the uh, the lady that. Uh, plays him in Brotherhood, but um, what's fun though is uh, Aaron uh, Diskmi later would reprise a role in the show as um, young Hohenheim, so that was interesting. Oh, that is kind of cool. Hohenheim is another whole huge thing in this show too. He's confusing as fuck. <laughs> like he's even a- after rewatching it a few times, he, he, I still don't get his deal. He's such an interesting character. Like, especially like that's, I think that might be my favorite episode in the whole series is when you learn his backstory, Mm. you find out like, like literally everything in the whole series stems from him. Well, I love the reveal of why father looks like him. Yeah. Because it was like a little like eyeball thing that basically just latched onto him and blown, basically took his image. Yeah. Well, it was made from his blood. So yeah, it makes sense that that would be his look. Um, but like and the whole reveal that like the 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 whole origin of alchemy and alchemy like Hohenheim is the person who founded alchemy and shame like hmm. like it, it, and they never overtly like blatantly say it but like if you're paying attention you notice it you know he has so few scenes throughout the series like early on but like whenever he does appear it he always leaves an impact. Like I think one of my favorites is uh, when he meets up with Ed and Al for the first time after they uh, uh, lost their bodies. Essentially, he uh, he sees Alphonse. He's like, is "That my suit of armor?" <laughs> he's like, "What have you done to it?" That's the only thing left of my house. <laughs> you know, that was a good one. I like how he always just messes with Ed whenever he sees him. Yeah. It's funny too because you see you see him in his flashbacks and he looks a lot like Ed too. Oh yeah, big time. Especially once Ed starts wearing the ponytail as opposed to the braid. Yeah, after he uh, goes through his uh, character development at the end of the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I I still say to this day like that final climax like at the end is like one of the most epic parts of this entire show. The the final fight or just the, the, everything leading up to that like you get all the stuff going on with like. Ling fighting as they're all like going together. You got Bradley fighting. Oh, basically, yeah. like, the promised day a, a, as a whole. Yeah, basically that entire arc, like section of the show and manga to a degree, is phenomenal. Like, because it's basically like the buildup of everything that we've been like building up to at this point. Because sixty-four episodes isn't short, but it's also not that long in hindsight. Yeah, it's a fairly short as far as anime goes. Yeah, it's it's a it's about the same length as fruit baskets. The 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 second fruit baskets that is, mm-hmm. um, it's a it's a fairly easy to watch one. So I, I always give it that. Ironically, um, it has the exact same episode count as Dragon Ball GT. Yeah, so you, you can kind of see the difference man, of what you could do with that episode count between the two. It manages to tell so much more in so many episodes. Yeah. So, but, but um. Yeah, that final climax is great, especially like they get to the point where like like I think one of the most like impressive scenes to me is like where uh Ed is like 
pinned against the wall and then like Alphonse basically like reverses the uh, the trade that Ed made to get him in, into the suit of armor and then Ed's arm comes back mm-hmm. which is bizarre because he's it's still got the metal plating in it so it's like oh that's gotta hurt I cry like a baby in that scene every single time mm. every time I, I I have yet to see a single person watch that scene for the first time and not cry well, I'm heartless so many manly <laughs> um, tears have been shed at this show my, my favorite too is then like we get the uh the after Ed defeats um after Ed defeats uh, Father, he uh, goes to Truth to get Al back. And the whole reveal, basically, where like, Truth's like, so what are you going to give me now? Cause you, you've kind of screwed yourself here. And Ed's basically like, no, I know what I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you my door or gate or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, the Truth's like, ah, you passed. Yeah, that was the correct answer. You, you did it. Yep. And it's basically like, and, and basically... Just to summarize it, Ed gives up his ability to do alchemy in exchange for uh, Al's body. And so, which I never would have thought that is a possibility. Yeah, it was a it was a, it was a fun twist on it because like the the it's kind of an ironic like thing where it's like the whole reason Al they got into this mess in the first part is because Ed discovered his alchemy abilities and got very a little too into it. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the the ironic fate is the way to fix everything is he has to give it up. And you know what's funny is I don't think he would have realized it was a possibility if he wasn't like how we how we mentioned earlier how um, Al was like feeding off of Ed's life force. Mm. And uh, when they get eaten by gluttony and they escape by going through the portal of truth again, and that was when he saw the body and everything else. If they didn't have that connection, if if Al wasn't feeding off his life force, he, I don't think he would have known that there was a difference between the two doors. Yeah, because both you know everyone's door looks different. Everyone's door is different. Mm. So yeah, I, if he didn't see like, oh, there are two separate doors for each of us. That everyone everyone who uses alchemy has their own door. I, if if that wasn't the thing, I don't think he would have realized that was a possibility. I love uh I love Truth too because Truth is voiced by um Lucy Christensen and she just hams it up the entire time. Oh, it's great! I love I love that whole like you know I'm the world, I'm the universe, I'm God, <laughs> like that whole bit. I love that. that. To me, that was an amazing like way to like finish up Ed's story though, because it's basically like that's like the ultimate lesson learned, like character growth moment where he's basically like. He basically learns like all this shit. This this power got me into all this shit. So I'm gonna just give it up to save my brother, basically. Yeah, and even in that scene where he, even in that scene where he's giving up the door, he still brings up um, the little girl. Hmm. Yeah, no, because he like mentions he's like I've made this his this power literally leads to so many things, and it's like he basically accepts that he's like I I, I don't need it, and he gives it up like just yeah. like that. Like, I, I, I thought that way more important. Yeah, I thought that was like super sweet. Like it was like such a nice like way to cap it off. It's such a wholesome show. Yeah, the ending definitely like because then after that it's basically like because I at that point like uh, father obviously dies. Hohenheim also dies because he was dying to begin with. I think. Well, I think. Oh, oh, excuse me. Um, I I think the the battle itself um kind of wore him out. Because, I mean, the more you use that power, because uh, we didn't mention this, but uh, Hohenheim and um, Father are living Philosopher's Stones. Yeah, it's 
That's like the big reveal because it it also implies that Ed is like half philosopher's stone, sort of, kind of. It's kind of, sort of, not really. Uh, they are essentially just regular humans, but yeah. Um, but uh, I I think the the whole deal where he was going around and planting little bits of himself to counteract the big transmutation circle around the the country. Um, obviously that drained his life force and then uh, actually taking part in the battle itself he was expending a lot of energy so i think the battle itself was what you know drained the last bit of his life in the first place yeah that actually is a very nice reveal too because it explains where he's been this entire time because at first you think he's just a deadbeat who's just fucking off the entire time yeah then you find out no he's actually doing important shit because he knows what's going to happen yeah it was just a cool, like, this anime literally ties everything together. Because mm-hmm. then, of course, like, we get the, uh, basically all the loose ends get tied, like, Mustang basically becomes the new Fuhrer, and he gets well, his eyes fixed. not quite. Well, oh yeah, there's there the other... interim Fuhrer. Yeah, that's right, I forgot about him. <laughs> but yeah, he, um, he kind of appears and then doesn't. <laughs> yeah, everything gets wrapped up very, very neatly. Yeah, to, and then like Ed, Ed and Al kind of go back to their main village, and they're going off on their separate. They're basically going their separate ways for like the first time ever. And like uh, Ed's gonna go learn, like journey the world and learn more about history and stuff. And then Al going to uh, Shing to learn about Alga history. Yeah, they're basically doing like the whole the the two sages. Yeah, the whole origin story of alchemy, Alga history. They're essentially just copying that and going off in their own direction just to learn about the world. And yeah, it's a nice touch. Like you find out that Ling got the philosopher's stone. So he became the emperor. Uh, he also made it, he basically promised to may that he's going to fix all the bullshit going on over there, which is what she wanted. Right. Um, I also, my, my favorite moment is Ed, Ed's like absolutely embarrassing way of confessing his love for Winry at the end. Yeah. It was just very, he equates it to alchemy, which is like the most bizarre thing ever. But she totally buys it because she just knows him at this point. Yeah, at that point, it's just like, well, shit, like for you, that's like extremely sweet and touching. So I guess I'll just like, go with it. Well, I love the fact that he flat out can't spit it out. And then he, when he finally does, he spits out this ridiculous, like, shit that to anyone not paying attention, be like, what the hell does that? But it's like to her, she's like, okay, I get it. Yeah. And then of course the ending, the ending like scene of this like show is probably the most wholesome part of it. Yeah, with um the how it's going through the credits and it's showing all the like photographs and stuff. Yeah, and then it cuts to uh the family photo at the end with the Ed and Winry's kid. Yep. And then uh Alan May are there and basically the all the family's all together. It's, it's a really sweet ending. Yeah. And it's nice because it, it literally ends 100% closed off. Like, there's nothing else that really matters after this. Yeah. And um, even though we don't see it in the series, the, the mangaka did say that um, Mustang and Hawkeye did end up getting married. Yeah. They, they were, like, the biggest, like, will they, won't they throughout <laughs> the entire series. They never did during the series, but according to the author, they did off screen. So, yeah. Yep. 
and it ends very perfectly like that and it's like there's some people that are like can we get a sequel and i'm like no it's fine don't yeah, touch we, it we don't need a sequel you know, you know what happens? <coughs> Excuse me. You know what happens when a series get gets a sequel that didn't need a sequel? You get Yashahime, and I mean, Dragon Ball GT. Yeah, but I mean that got super after, so it made up for it. True. Yeah, but I mean, like, well, FMA literally ends so perfectly, like that. There's no reason to continue it. Yeah, it just wrapped up so neatly. Like they would, it would just. Oh God! <coughs> Talking too much. <laughs> nah, I hear you. Um, yeah, it they would just ruin it if they tried to bring it back. Yeah, it's kind of like Yu Hakusho. Show that ended pretty much perfectly too. Yeah, it's like we got just enough. You know, it didn't need yeah. to be any more. Well, I remember because I was uh, uh my co-host over on 3DO Thrack. He's uh he's watching uh, Yu Hakusho Show right now, and he had asked me All like, right. "Is the He's asking. He asked me, "Is the ending good?" And I told him because he had heard about the the final arc being kind of meh. So I told him, "The ending is great. The final arc kind of sucks, but it's like the ending makes up for it." The last episode is good. Yeah, the the the, the legit ending of the series is great. That final arc is rough, but that's that's for later. Yeah. But yeah, it's like it's a there's legit like no reason for FMA to continue because it's just straight up ends right and also what would they even do like there's like legit nothing left to tell yeah for real i mean i i don't know maybe maybe a movie a movie would be okay i just don't want another series yeah i mean it's like what's ed gonna do he legit has no more alchemy <coughs> and he's and, older now and i mean i know japan doesn't care about any of our stuff but like as far as english dubs go well, yeah, it's like all, all, all the full metal purists are not gonna they're not gonna accept any replacements for Ed. Yeah, and unfortunately, if they did redo it, if they did anything else, they wouldn't bring Vic back, unfortunately, because of events. So yeah, that's that's so far beyond the realm of possibility. So at this point, yeah. Yeah, and, and I think half the actors in this aren't even anime actors anymore. Yeah, that's fair. At least not full time anymore, because I know uh, Travis Willingham's definitely it, it not anymore. Hmm. Laura Bailey sporadically. I mean, uh, Justin Cook invested in the role. Yeah, like Justin Cook barely does roles anymore. I don't think he's in this though. <laughs> he might. He might have like a some obscure role. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he he'd come back for use K. I'm sure. Well, I mean, yeah, that's... He, he still does like Dende and stuff. He does Braddits in the video games and. When they remember him, yeah. I mean, he came back for uh, Hatsaru and uh, uh, fruit baskets. So that's true. But yeah, oh, there was that movie for uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, the the secret oh, yeah. star Milo. That's like not canon at all. Uh, yeah, like it takes place like right after. Um, it was like right after the stuff with uh, the first Creed. Right. Yeah, it's just like kind of like it's like a it's like a Naruto or Dragon Ball movie. Yeah, it's basically just not important. I, I watched it once. It wasn't bad. I I enjoyed I, it for what it was. I think the Shambhala movie is honestly better in that one, but that's mostly just because of the mind fucky <laughs> mind fuckery in it. Yeah, well, the Shambhala one is just an extension of that. It's the it's movie. the ending to it's the, the proper original. ending. Yeah, which is really I don't know I I don't want to get too much into that, but. 
Yeah. They do some weird stuff, like uh, NB's whole deal. <coughs> Way different. Way yeah. different, and it's really weird. Did you ever play any of the video games? No, I didn't. Um, they are... So they're action RPGs. Really? They're, they're like the most okay anime RPGs I think I've ever played. Hmm. Like, they're not really good, but they're not like offensively bad either. They just kind of exist. I know um, in one of the manga volumes, Arakawa had written like a little um, like prequel chapter to it, to one of the games. Yeah, there was two on, well, three technically, but we only got two of them over here for the PS2. There's yeah, also one, one on the, of those. There's also one on the DS that I've been meaning to try and track down, but I kind of expensive now, so. Hmm. It's it also the, the first series anyway. So they're, from what I've read, they're based off the manga in particular, hmm. but they use like the first series art style. Interesting. Uh, they actually, it's fun, they come with two DVDs that have a couple episodes from the original series. That's funny. So it's like, hey, here's some official episodes from the original series that you can legally watch. It's weird. It's hard to find that original series now, too. The only way is with the really expensive um, Blu-ray sets, or you can get a bootleg, which is the easier way. Yeah, um, you yeah, because companies would learn from that because you can actually get some pretty nice quality bootlegs nowadays. For yeah. So I, th yeah. I, I think the Blu-ray I have is a bootleg because it doesn't look exactly right, but it's so nice that it's like, yeah, it's fine. Did you ever watch the, the Brotherhood OVAs? I don't think I did. I, I saw them once a while ago. I tried to buy them uh, like a year or two ago. But I fucked up, but I accidentally bought the OVAs for the first series. Um, I gotta look. The, the the retro store nearby has a bunch of anime uh, Blu-rays and DVDs. They have a ton of Full Metal Alchemist ones. I gotta see maybe if they're in there. Yeah, because uh, there was one that had... It was this whole thing about this dude who had done human transmutation. Uh, there was another one that was all about um, uh, Izumi Curtis's training in the, in the Braze Mountains when she was doing her alchemy training with her master and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, there's four of them, but they were pretty good. I like them. Okay. I'll have to look into those. Yeah, uh, I, was, it's been a long time since I've seen them, but... There was also the live-action adaption, which I've heard mixed things on. I saw, like, the first half of the first one. Um, I would have watched the whole thing, but I think at the time, like, Netflix is being weird about uh, the dub for it. Oh, it, it's dubbed? Kind of, at the time. I, I don't know what the deal was, with it was, but, like, there technically was one, but it was... I don't remember exactly what was it up with it, but it was a really weird structure. Huh. Like, it was, but it wasn't. Interesting. Uh, they might have fixed it by now, but this is, like, right when it, the first one came out. There's, like, three of them now, isn't there? There's definitely two. I'm not sure about three. I've never seen them, so. Yeah, well, well, I'm sure we'll end up covering them at some point. Yeah, if they're still available, because Netflix like lost all the Full Metal stuff. Well, I I think those are Netflix movies. I could be mistaken, but I think they are. I'll have to look into it. Um, 
but yeah. So, I mean, we covered it for the most part. That was a very loose adaption, well, a loose retrospective, because even at 64, episode one is kind of hard to cover off the top. It, it, well, I mean, it's a very dense show. There's so much going on at all times. Like, every episode matters, you know? And, yeah, like, when, when we said two of two filler episodes, and even the two filler episodes are pretty dense. Yeah, like, literally, that, that show keeps you on the edge of your seat the whole time. It's it's really hard to cover in a reasonable amount of time. It's one of those ones where if we really wanted to touch on all the things we wanted to talk about, we'd have to like actually go through episode by episode. Yeah. It, it's honestly one of those. It, it's an anime that 100% deserves the hype it gets. Even if the fan base is a little insane, but um, it's also one of those ones that I feel like is intimidating for some people to start. Yeah, for sure just because of the amount of hype behind it. Yeah, I get that. I definitely say, though, if you're coming into it now, watch Brotherhood, because you can find Brotherhood pretty much everywhere. You can find it on Hulu. You can find it on uh, on uh, Crunchyroll. I think it's still on HBO. Well, actually, no, it's Max now, so it's probably not anymore. Yeah, I don't think it is. Um... It's on Hulu, though. Um, actually i think it's on it's on disney plus now too i believe i I think disney plus uh they just started like integrating that i i think what it is is you can only watch hulu stuff on disney plus if you have a hulu account Uh, okay okay that makes more sense it's like a bundle kind of thing which i mean it would make more sense if you could do more with it but they're probably gonna do a merger at some point and just merge them together but We'll see. It yeah. would be nice if they did something like that. Because, like, when I saw that they were doing that, I was like, oh, shit. Well, maybe I can actually download episodes of Bleach and watch Bleach again. But, like, all the episodes I couldn't download on Hulu, I still can't download on Disney. So it's like, yeah, what's the point? <laughs> like, I might as well just use Hulu. Yeah. Honestly, thankfully, FM, FMAB Brother, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is thankfully a lot easier to find. The Blu-rays aren't that expensive. I mean, they're Aniplex, so you're going to be paying probably 50 a piece but at least they're easy to find well i got my dvd sets pretty cheap actually and if they are blu-rays they are the best looking fucking blu-rays at uh blu-rays bootlegs i've ever seen in my life like yeah there's not as many bootlegs of brotherhood thankfully um prices might have gone down i know they they shift around because antiplex stuff is just annoyingly expensive but yeah um for real it's a shame that uh, Crunchyroll doesn't technically have the license anymore because that's kind of one of the reasons why it's so hard to find nowadays. Who does is it, who does have it right now? Aniplex. But, huh. So Aniplex always had it. They just licensed the dub out to Funny. Okay. It's kind of like how Aniplex owns has the Kaguya-sama license, but they uh, they've uh, they outsourced the dub to like Crunchyroll. Gotcha. Antiplex does that a lot. Unfortunately, Antiplex also doesn't like to release shit. Like, so ever. Annoying. So annoying. Which is annoying because they're both owned by Sony. That's, I don't, that's why I don't get it. Uh, I don't know. Companies are weird. But yeah, so I definitely highly recommend the anime. I'd also recommend the manga if you can find it. The three ones aren't too expensive. They're just never in print. Yeah, and they have the, um, the really nice new, like, 
collector's hardcover. Yeah, that's probably the way to go now if you're collecting the manga, because those are probably the easiest to find. Probably, yeah. Yeah. The three in ones are okay though too. They never this never got a viz big, right? No, no. No. Uh, but yeah, I definitely say Brotherhood over the original. I, I understand if, if you grew up with the original and that's your favorite, that's fine. But Brotherhood is definitely the superior story. Yeah. It's um, also just more concise. Yeah, it's just it's so tidy. It's so neat, you know, it just comes together so well. Yeah. But yeah, uh, this one wasn't too long, but not too short either. So we did pretty good. But once again, guys, thanks for joining us on Geek Addicts. Uh, Geek Addicts can be found on all the major podcasting platforms in the uh, GNC podcast uh, feed. Um, you can now find the episodes on YouTube. And uh, yeah, you can find all of our links at linktree slash the barbecue games. And you can come join the GNC podcast discord server if you'd like. And uh, you can talk all things GNC, 3DO and Geek Addicts or talk anime gaming or just whatever. But um, until next time, guys, we will see you all later. Have a good one.